Hey friends, welcome to the Plant Head Podcast, aligning you in your mindset, nutrition, and wellness. I'm your host, Melanie Barrett, a holistic nutritionist, life, and health coach that is obsessed with helping women to confidently believe and trust in themselves to create positive change in all avenues of life. When it comes to feeling overwhelmed, being crippled by anxiety, paralyzed by what foods to eat, and how the hell to live a balanced, healthy life, I've been through it all and know that struggle personally. This is why I've dedicated my life to helping others just like you to make this world a better place, one mindset shift at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Plant Ahead podcast. As always, I'm super happy and honored to be here. So as I've been talking with a lot of clients and people lately, one big factor that's been coming up a lot is anxiety and depression, and even a lot of talk of the ADHD or ADD has been coming up. And for a lot of people, they actually don't know that that was actually a really big piece of my life. And I did a lot. It was a really big piece of my life. So I've been really wanting to talk about my story, but I've literally recorded like six episodes now, and I just didn't feel like I was ready yet to do it. And so what I'd like to do today is give you a little glimpse into my life and what I've been through and share my story about anxiety and depression and ADD and how I really moved through that to help it empower me and get to the other side and how I can help people with that stuff myself. So for me, I'm going to take you back to when I was little. I grew up in a lower to middle class household and, you know, my parents were married and they actually recently got divorced, which is kind of funny, but that's relevant. But so the interesting thing about for me growing up is that my mom and dad fought all the time all the time. It was so hard to live there. And I remember because I grew up really strict Catholic, I would have to go to church every Sunday and do the Sunday school thing and all that crap. And I remember being in church. I never even paid attention in church or anything. I'd just be staring at the ceiling the whole time, disassociating because that's what I did to get through my days. But anyhow, I would be in church being like, God, please let my parents just get divorced. They, They shouldn't be together. And my parents fought and they fought all the time. And for a kid to be around that energy and to take that in, especially me being a strong empath, it was really hard on me. So my mom grew up with the mentality of showing emotions as a sign of weakness. And I mean, that was just passed down. That was her mother's story. And it's just what was passed down from generation to generation. And for me, that was something that I I took on as my own. And then I had a father that was very overly emotional. He was 100% Italian, very angry guy. So I had these two polar opposites living in a house together. So I didn't know what to feel. So I just shut down. I was quiet. I disassociated through my days. And that's how I was able to get through. And growing up, a big piece for me was, as I said, I never felt feelings. I just kind of went my room and just kind of kept to myself. So I had a brother that had severe OCD, like next level OCD. I, and among other things, but back then a lot of neurological stuff wasn't recognized as much as it is today. And one of the big booming things for neurological stuff for me as a kid was the ADD, which I'll get into that in a minute. 
But for me growing up, the my brother, he was so high needs and he had with his OCD, he would make it so every cabinet had to be closed, every door had to be shut, every light had to be turned off, the TV had to be low, I wasn't allowed to play music. So all I did was just sit in my room to get out of everybody's way so I didn't get yelled at because I just, I never felt safe. And for my mom, she worked full time, she was in school full time, she was a total go getter, but she also was emotionally disconnected and really wasn't there for us as kids to help support us through times that we needed. And with my brother, he needed so much support and she was just so exhausted that she just stepped back and kind of just let him run the house. And my dad worked, he was gone. He traveled almost every weekend for work. So he was never really there. And then when he was there, he was just so anxious and angry because my dad actually has crazy ADD as well. Like I feel like his is worse than mine. And I know with genetics and all of that, this stuff can be passed down in our DNA. And I know that this is how my brain operates and thinks is a lot like my father. And for how I like to look at things when it comes to genetics, especially understanding epigenetics and how all of that works is that our, our genetics and our genes is what loads a gun, but our lifestyle factors and how we live our lives is what pulls the trigger. And I always thought that this was in my DNA. This is how I was supposed to be. I couldn't change it. This was just my be all end all my story. And it was something that and now as an adult, I realize it doesn't have to be, and I could set myself free. But as a kid, I just thought this is how I was supposed to be. So I just lived through the the anxiety, my brother running the house, and it was so hard on me. I didn't feel very loved. I didn't feel very supported. I had nobody really to be there for me. And although my parents did their absolute best that they could, it was really hard on me growing up because I just felt super anxious all the time. I had the ADD and I felt really depressed and unloved. And as I got older... I, to give you a little bit more of a snippet into my life and my story is I went through a lot of trauma. I was mentally and physically abused by my father, which him and I have a good relationship now, but it took a lot to get there and a lot of therapy to forgive him and to love him. And my brother, just what I've been through with him, it just caused a lot of trauma. And my, I dated this, so hard to say, but I dated this really awful guy when I was in high school and he mentally and physically abused me and he used my parents over my head. So I couldn't break up with him or I couldn't like, if we were hanging out and I wanted to go home, I couldn't leave him because he was like, I'm going to tell your parents you're not home or you did this or did that, or I'm going to show him this. So he held that over my head. So I couldn't leave this guy. And while at the same time, I was my father's best friend groomed me. And he started from the time I was like 10 years old. He, to me, he was like my cool uncle. I super trusted him. He made me build trust in him and loved him. My dad would have me go hang out with him all the time because he was my dad's like super rich friend. And I was like, okay, it was fine. I didn't think anything of it. As I got older, I realized all of this, but through everything that I've been through, and I'll get into more details in different episodes about all of this stuff, but everything that I've been through, it it caused me to disassociate. It caused me to be really anxious. It caused me to be really depressed and it caused me to start a lot of different coping mechanisms. So as I grew up through my teens and into my twenties, I 
I became addicted to a lot of different drugs. I partied super hard because that's all I knew to kind of numb myself to not feel the feelings because I was taught that I pushed everything in, guys. Like I didn't feel anything. So what I would do is emotion would come up. I didn't even know subconsciously I would push it down. And I didn't realize that your body literally keeps score of everything. Every tear that you hold back, your body holds on to that every time you felt anxious. And a good example to kind of explain this is that, let's say you start feeling really anxious and you're starting to have an anxiety attack and how you would push that down and not actually feel it is okay. Let's say your heart's starting to pound and you feel an anxiety attack coming on. You're like, and then in your head, you're like, oh my God, no, please, please anxiety. Not right now. I can't do this. Not again, not again. Please go away. Please go away. And then that's actually you suppressing and pushing it down. And so the flip side to feel it, which I didn't realize until I was much older is to actually like close your eyes and just to feel your heart pound for a second. Like, Thank you, body. I appreciate you telling me and warning me about this. Thank you. And I love you. And then you sit there and within like six to 10, 10 seconds, it's over. And then you're free from that feeling and that emotion. And you didn't suppress it. You didn't push it down and your body doesn't hold on to it. So as you go through the journey of life with all your feelings, it can feel really, really overwhelming. And that's how I felt. I just felt crippled by everything because every time something would come up, an anxiety attack, I would push it down. Or, you know, with my anxiety, I would take a Xanax when that would come up. Or, you know, I was trying to get stuff done. I would take my, my Ritalin or my Adderall. And I mean, as a kid for me with the ADD that I had so bad, I remember I would have to because, you know, with Ritalin, it lasts like, what, four to six hours. I didn't know until an adult, but Adderall and Ritalin is literally an amphetamine. It's legit like taking meth. And it's crazy now that I know that information as an adult, but it's kind of scary because I took that stuff for like 15 years. I was on medicine for my ADD. And that stuff, I really felt like messed with my brain on a different level. But as I took it as a kid, as my poor developing brain was taking this stuff, I would get sent to the office in the middle of the day because it only lasted for four hours. And then I remember if I didn't take my medicine, my teacher would call my parents, like, oh, I didn't take our medicine today. So I just felt this diagnosis was slapped on me. So that was just another part of the reason why I felt very anxious and depressed. And as like we fast forward back to adulthood and in my 20s, I had such a plethora of different medications that I would take. I would take this one when I was anxious or this one when I, you know, I was depressed and I was on so many different antidepressants. I was on so many different anxiety medications and the list literally goes on and on. I would just always, and then as I said, I developed a lot of, I was sick all the time. I developed a lot of issues. I had severe gut issues. So my whole body from me suppressing everything, not feeling everything, hiding, partying, trying to just step away from it. I was harming my body so much and I had no idea. My relationship with food was awful. I had eating disorders and the list goes on and on of what I've been through. So it's crazy to me now as an adult, I think about it and I look at myself, I'm like, holy crap, when I take that step back to be the observer looking in and see how far I've come, it makes my head spin. But growing up, I did everything and anything I could to cope and to just get through what I've been through. And it, it was so hard. And the, the hearts that I broke when I was younger and the drugs that I did and all of that, sometimes I think about it, I'm like, it's a miracle I'm still alive when I think about it. But I just hit rock bottom so hard and so many times between my relationship with food. I was sick of taking pill after pill after pill. And every time I took a pill, I noticed there was a side effect and the, I just felt numb. 
between the antidepressants. I just didn't feel like myself. I felt like my, with, even with taking Adderall, when I was taking it during college, it really helped me get through it, helped me succeed and be able to do things and get shit done. I felt so empowered on it, but it made me feel like a crackhead. It made me feel out of my mind. And then Xanax just erased, like Xanax legit just erases your memory. You're like, okay, bye. I'm not going to remember anything. And I remember just being like, who am I? What am I doing? Why am I hiding from this? So as I grew older and started to get into my mid to late 20s, I just decided I didn't want to be on this stuff anymore. So I slowly pulled the plug on everything one by one. And God, the withdrawal that I had from getting off the Adderall was awful. The the night tears and the withdrawal from getting off antidepressants and the withdrawal from Xanax, all of it was awful. And I had no idea that your body becomes physically addicted to it. So it was so hard for me to process all this stuff, but I decided that enough was enough. I wanted to live life for me. I wanted to be me. I didn't want to live through the lens of my mother's story of not feeling feelings. I didn't want to just be this angry person like my dad was. I was super anxious all the time. And I was like, I know there has to be another way. This isn't my be all end all story. Like this isn't mine and I don't want it to be. And I remember reaching out for help because at this time I was finally starting to recover from eating disorders and stuff like that. And my relationship with food was how I, and this was the one of the hardest ones to really rewrite, but I use food as my coping mechanism for my emotions. So when I felt stressed out or I felt anxious or overwhelmed or happy or sad, I would just reach for food. If I was having a really great day, I'm like, I want to celebrate and go get an ice cream cone or something or go get a cake, you know, especially with our culture, everything's based around food to celebrate with. So it was something that was very hard for me to let go of. So as I grew a little bit older and started to break all this stuff down and step back from it, I knew that I needed help. I've been in and out of therapy since I've been 15 because I remember when I was younger and in high school with all the trauma and the suppression and the disassociation and everything that I've been through, my parents were like, please, you need to see somebody. So I started seeing somebody pretty young and I was in and out of therapy probably until my mid to late 20s. And in my late 20s, I've been pretty much consistently in it. And I am proud and honored to say how much that therapy has helped me going from talk therapy to EMDR. There's just so many different modalities that are out there, but finding the one that really resonated with me was amazing. And it was such a game changer. But one of the biggest pieces for me that changed my life was I decided I wanted to just completely make a lifestyle change. And this is something that I didn't do overnight. It's not something that you really can do overnight. It's something that you have to take really slow and you have to take digestible bite-sized pieces that feel really good and aligned with who you want to be. And as I started this process, I decided that as I would do spinning all the time and I would spin, 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 spin. And I'm like, why am I not getting more muscular? Why am I not losing weight? I felt like I was gain, I was just gaining. It was just a vicious cycle. So I decided that I really wanted to take my health and my wellness and my career and where everything I wanted to be to that next level version of myself. So that's when I decided I wanted to start working with a coach and a personal trainer. And that's when having this mentor and this person to really give me the accountability and the support that I needed to get to this next level version of myself, it opened up so many doors that I didn't even think was possible. Every single penny that I invested in myself was the best fucking investment I 
ever made. Guys, I wouldn't be right here where I am today doing this podcast if I didn't invest in myself and decide to make that choice that enough was enough. And it's never too late to say enough's enough. I want to change. So as I started taking care of myself and moving through this stuff, I started allowing myself to feel my feelings. I started journaling a lot more and I started just leaning into how I felt. And the more and more I did that, the more I released and healed from my trauma, my pain, and the things that have happened to me. And I really faced them as I didn't even realize that I was groomed until I was in my late 20s. I was like, oh my God, I was groomed? I was groomed by my dad's like, I didn't even think about it. It was like how people that groom you can manipulate you so much into thinking that they're safe and it's okay. And I remember this like the stuff that this guy did to me and like how he made me feel. I remember like feeling like my soul left my body at times, but I just, I didn't know that it was wrong because I was groomed. So as I started to really understand this stuff, letting go of my trauma and facing it, instead of pushing it into the closet, you know, you have your skeletons in the closet or you push it under the rug. I decided to lift the rug and open up the closet door and let them come out one by one. And I wanted to heal fast and I wanted it to be over, 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 over so bad, but the more I realized and learned that you can't speed up your healing journey. It's your story and it's yours only and it's unique and special just to you. And that's what I, I love about this process now. And as I've been through it, I feel so much better. So the big question is, so I've kind of shared a little bit about that and what I've been through and how I, you know, hit that rock bottom place where I decided enough was enough. And I slowly started making those shifts and those changes in my life how how did I stop feeling so depressed and so anxious? And how did I cope with my ADD symptoms? So I kind of wanted to share a little bit about that and how I released it. So yes, it was a lot of the therapy and, you know, taking care of myself and facing things. And because you know how people say, God, with a lot of like my parents' generation, they're like, oh, it's in the past. It's a stay in the past and stuff like that. It's like, yes, this stuff needs to stay in the past. But if you're coming home every night and you're smoking weed and you're drinking and taking drugs to cope, because yes, during the day you're at work, you're keeping busy, you're hanging out with people. And then it's the end of the night, you're by yourself. That's when you start drinking and smoking and partying. And that's why you're like, I can't be by myself and all that. that that's an indicator that you need to heal. And that was my biggest indicator that I realized as I started exercising, taking care of myself, I knew that I needed to heal more. So as I started to heal more and work on that, I started feeling so much better and more and more like myself. So how I personally was able to release the stuff because I've gone through it and this is kind of like the process that I take my clients through to help them release it and work on this stuff too is to when a feeling comes up, for example, you want to feel it. And at first it feels really uncomfortable and we can become so used to and ingrained and programmed to just suppress the emotion when it comes up. Because emotions are literally, they take six seconds to feel on average. So it's just like a cloud passing by in the sky and then it's over. And that's the cool thing about just living and being a human is that our brains are so powerful. And, you know, a lot of times our brains don't know the difference when we are in fight or flight mode, if it's a saber tooth tiger or if it's your boss yelling at you, we don't know, but your body's like, oh, or my kid's crying. I'm like, oh, I got my heart. You know, those, those things happen. But I remind myself, okay, 
when my heart's pounding, I'm going to breathe. I go into my heart center and I just feel that feeling and I kind of let it go. Or if you're watching a movie and you know, you start tearing up, you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. Or, it's so sad. Oh my God. And you start crying. That's okay. Don't hold it back. Like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm crying. I feel like such a pussy. Like, no, that's beautiful because you're actually releasing. That has triggered something within you to release something that's been shoved down. So every time a feeling comes up, and even with happiness, I even avoided feeling happy. I didn't even know what it felt like. So as those feelings start to come up, allow yourself to feel them, accept that they are there. And you know, the biggest piece I always talk about is gaining that awareness around it. Like, oh, I'm feeling a feeling right now. And this is kind of new. And then, you know, you, you accept it that, you know, this, this is happening. This is what I'm feeling right now. I got you. And then you move through and it's over. And so practice makes perfect and it takes time to really start feeling that. But every time the anxiety would come up and I would be like, oh God, is, you know, for me, it wasn't about just having an anxiety attack here or there. I had like straight up generalized anxiety where literally the wind would blow and I would have an anxiety attack. So I had I had quite some work to do, especially getting off the anxiety medication. I felt 10 times more anxious than I did before. So I really just leaned into those feelings and worked on letting them go. And the more and more you do that, the better you feel. But having somebody to be there, whether it's a therapist or working with a life coach or a health coach or a personal trainer, anything to help you a whole hold you accountable to help you feel better and get that support that's needed in the right container to help you move through that. And same like, so we'll talk about depression. So how did I really move through the depression? So depression is something that has always bogged me down and it still gets me openly admit I am human. I have times where I get depressed still to this day. And I did an episode, I believe it was called, I was a hot mess. And I really explained about how I had a really hard time at the end of December. So I felt really anxious and really depressed. I was going through a lot of stuff with my son and it really triggered a lot of stuff within me that reminded me a lot of stuff about my brother. So it's crazy how the brain works and it makes me always remember like, oh, that's the thing I need to heal. Oh, there's a trigger. I got to work on that one. There it is. And I really look at it like, oh, this is, this is a gift saying, okay, this is something I need to work on. But anyhow, so when it comes to the depression piece, I have to remind myself and I look at, I have something, I have my clients do this is we work on something called frequency elevators and we really make a list of all things that really just make you high vibe and raise you up and make you feel really good. So for me, for example, some frequency elevators would be painting my nails. Like that makes me feel really good and they're just fresh and it just gives me a new light. Going into nature makes me feel really, really good or taking a long hot bath or having an orgasm, whatever it is, whatever makes you feel good and can shift your energy out from that negative place into a lighter place. So, okay, let's say you have long-term chronic crippling depression where it's practically hard to get out of bed. You're just going to have to find somebody to work with you and hold you accountable be like, okay, let's get out of bed today. Let's get moving and slowly kind of move through that because we get stuck in this fixed mindset where we think that's where we're supposed to be. We deserve to be this. And I mean, for me growing up, as I explained, I grew up in a very, very fixed mindset where I would, if I did something or I'd be in school, I'd be like, oh, you, you suck at that. Or, you know, I wouldn't get much encouragement. So I just thought I sucked. And I lived like that my, almost my whole life until I finally woke up and here I am today. But just really trying to find things that 
raise you up, even if it's taking a shower. That's one thing for me is that I notice when I start to feel a little depressed, I quit showering every day. And so that's the one thing I remind myself, okay, I'm starting to fall off a little bit. I recognize this. I'm starting to gain the awareness around this and I am accepting this is going to happen and I'm going to move through it. So as depression and all that, you just got to find things that light you up and make you feel good, whether it's joining a group of moms and hanging out with them or going to a yoga class or doing some Qigong, something like that, to shift that energy and move it out. And one of the best things I said before you can do for yourself is just get into nature, put your bare feet onto the ground for 20 minutes and just ground in. You will feel so connected and so much better. So it's a small little shifts that you can do to kind of move through that. And stopping a lot of repetitive behaviors and habits that don't serve you. And I did an episode on this a couple episodes ago, talking about your inner critic and working on the habits and that self-talk and all of that is just a really powerful piece. So understanding that to a different level. And it's about really taking everything and putting it together. So even if you go in and listen to all my past episodes, it really explains a lot of this stuff more in depth individually. And it'll help you see like, oh, this is how I've formed habits. Oh, this is in my relationship with food, or this is what mindset is. You'll kind of see it all is connected because how I look at the body and as my a human body is it's about, it's not just about the external factors of your weight or what's on the scale or anything like that. It's about your mind and your mindset. It's about your physical body. And it's about your soul and it's the, the connecting to, to get them into alignment, to feel really, really good. And it's about, you know, peeling back those layers of the onion. And that's something that, you know, is said a lot, but we've just got to peel those layers back. And slowly, every time you level up, more shit comes up. But that's the beauty of all of it is that we start to grasp it and understand that, oh, this is a thing that's happening. I understand it. I honor it and I'm going to move through it. And that's what this whole process is, is about life is that just really honoring it every step of the way. And as we move through life, if you notice, okay, I'm having a really hard time staying consistent, getting on track, getting shit done. And that's a big piece for me that I struggled with, with the ADD, I would just procrastinate like, no. So for how did I move out of the ADD is I would set little containers for myself. And if there's something I needed to get done, I would set a timer and I would start out for 10 minutes where no matter what, no messenger, no phone, no nothing no social media. I'm setting this timer for 10 minutes, no pee break, nothing. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to put my head down and work for 10 minutes. And as you start to do that, you can start opening it up to do up to 15 to 20 to 30 to an hour. And sometimes, you know, that timer will go off at 20 minutes. You're like, oh, I'm still feeling good. Then just keep going. So, and that's the magic about this is to really set yourself up in small containers that you can reward yourself and praise yourself and feel good. So as you know, you move through this, you're like, okay, I have 20 things I need to do today write out a to-do list and check it off. Instead of like a to-do, I like to look at it more as like a checklist. So as you check it off, you can feel really empowered and really good as you move through that. Because that's the biggest thing for me that, I mean, being an entrepreneur and having my own business, there are 7,000 million pieces that go into being a practitioner and everything that I need to do to get it done. And how do I do it? And I do it with my checklist. That's how I get through my days is I really journal out, okay, what do I want to accomplish this week? And then in the, in the mornings, I wake up, okay, what do I want to be today? Who do I want to be? What do I want to live in? And what the hell do I want to get done? And I write it out. And as I go through it and I start checking stuff off, it reminds me like, oh, I am doing this because it helps me form gratitude for being proud of myself and moving through and just kind of sticking with it. And of course, 
through all this stuff too, I've used a lot of herbs and supplements and just plant medicine to really help me stay more focused. Like I take stuff, adaptogens, which I've talked about in past episodes that help me just stay way more relaxed and adaptogens help your body adapt to stress. So it, to me, it's like mother nature's annex. I'll take adaptogens and then I take different stuff to honor my cortisol to help kind of keep that down. That's what the adaptogens and, you know, I'll take different things to help me sleep soundly. So there's different stuff that I take to help with inflammation and all of that within the body. So using plants and really understanding and running labs to help me see like, oh, maybe I'm not methylating properly or, oh, I have a really high toxin load or I have some yeast in my gut. So there's so many different pieces that come in. So it's, that's why I look at the body as a whole It's saying like, what's going on with me internally running labs, figuring it out, asking myself, questioning, getting curious, journaling, writing stuff out as stuff comes up and big emotions and feelings are coming out, get your journal out. The most successful people that are kicking ass in the world today you better believe that they're journaling all the time. They're waking up early. They're rocking in good solid routines and doing that stuff. But that's how you really do it. It's about setting the stage and really going back to basics 101 and just really taking yourself care of yourself from there. So a lot of times we want to look at the end result and we want to race to the finish line, but we're not starting from the beginning to really see, oh, I need to build a strong foundation because you think about a house and with a house, you if you don't build a good, strong, solid foundation, that house is going to collapse. So if you're not taking care of yourself and your foundation and your structure first, and you try to just build the house really quickly, it's going to eventually fall and crumble. And that's how I look at diets, for example, is, you know, you try to rush to the finish line, you do a quick fix diet, you know, you lose some water weight, you lose 10 pounds, you feel really good, or you do it for a little while and you stay on this unsustainable diet. Finally, you're like, ah, I reached my goal. And then you go back to your regular eating habits and all the weight comes back and then some more. It's because the proper structure and foundation wasn't built out. So it's about really building a lifestyle and a foundation and the structure around you and your life. Because a lot of times we try to fill in the blank with all these things, but it's not based around your, you know, your family or work, like everything. It's all about being in alignment and harmony. And that's really honest to God, how I was able to do everything is I built everything around each other to be in this place of this cohesive unit where they work together instead of against each other. Because when I really pull that piece of the Instead, I guess a good way to describe it as I was working so much in that hustle, hustle, go, 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 push, push, push. And I wasn't being in that flowing, loving energy. And it's when I combine the two together because you need that hustle and you need that flow to get through and to get stuff done. But you also need to honor yourself and love yourself and caress yourself through the process. So it's creating harmony within the two and building that good structure and foundation to make this a long-term lifestyle change. And that's what it's about. And that's how I was able to do all of it. And within all of this stuff, this is everything that I work with clients for. And this is what I do within my vitality wellness program and why I feel like it's so powerful and how much it's shifted and changed people's lives because I not only am entrained in all of this stuff, but I also have personally been through the fucking ringer with all of it. And I have used my biggest struggles and what I've been through to really empower me and align me and push me towards this version of myself where I want to help other people do the same. 
So for anybody listening, if you feel like you are just struggling with that anxiety and that depression and you just want to eat healthier, you want to feel better, you want to stay more focused and consistent and manage your time better and have better routines and sleep and all those moving pieces, I can help you guys with that stuff. So please reach out to me anytime. And if you're feeling guided to want to do that, I am totally here for you. And if not, just keep listening. I'm going to keep throwing amazing stuff at you guys. And thank you so much for listening today and my story. And, and I actually feel really good that I shared it. And I definitely feel like in the next coming episodes, I'm probably going to get more in depth about the stuff that I've been through, but I feel really good that I shared it. And I just, I love all you guys for listening and I appreciate you. And I hope you all have a beautiful week. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you love what you heard, please leave me a review and share this episode with someone you feel may benefit. For more inspiration, join the conversation with me on Instagram at planahead.co. There you will find a link in my bio to my free mindful and meal prep guide that'll kickstart your wellness journey today. Until next time, remember, even through your hardest days, we are all made of stardust.